Blog Talk Radio. Let me tell you about something new. A new show called G's Power. G's Power. Real talk for real saints. Are you ready? And it's for real. Welcome to G's Power Hour live every weekday at 11.30 a.m. on Never Had It So Good Entertainment Network. Your host, G, will bring you informative and entertaining guests and a variety of topics in a way that you can absorb and enjoy. Listen in weekdays and call in at 516-387-1944. We love interaction. All shows can be downloaded if you miss one or found on iTunes the next day. G's Power Hour is powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Well, good morning, brothers and sisters, kings and queens, angels and saints, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thank you so much for being with us today. Happy Monday. I hope everybody's getting off to a wonderful start, and the week continues to go uh, just amazingly for you. Um, So I'm just going to, well, first of all, let me welcome back my friend, Stephanie Duke. Good morning, ma'am. How are you? Good morning, Lady G, and good morning to your listening audience. We're doing great here in the beautiful, sunshine city of Claremont, enjoying this change of weather. Yes, yes, and, and uh, Florida has this amazing weather, amazing sunshine, <laughs> and amazing, an amazing um, <laughs> way to switch up on you and just pour down, as Stephanie and I experienced a little bit yesterday. We won't go into that so much, but hey. You know, a hair products in the eyes is just an awful thing. But I want to start, I have to tell you, this show today, unfortunately, didn't get a chance to prep out the way I wanted it to. And so I want to kind of maybe just start with talking about can you do stuff on the fly? How good are you at last minute, uh, you know, working things out? Uh, do you panic? Uh, what do you do? Uh let me just tell you, I called Stephanie about four minutes before the show <laughs> to ask her <laughs> if she would be a guest on my show because I couldn't get a guest, and I actually had other assignments today, and I was in the middle of uh, an assignment when um, Princess, the CEO and technical producer, called and said, uh, you know the show? <laughs> and I was like two minutes after 11, and I'm like, no. Well, you, you kind of did today, but on a normal basis, 
can you operate on a moment's notice, and what does it take for you to do that? I would have to say that, yes, I am a person who can operate uh, on, as you just saw today, on a moment's notice, but I can do it because of the relationship we have. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think when you called, I was having a conversation with my sister. We was in the middle of working on something, and I immediately dropped that because this is what I said to her. I said, Gretchen is a good friend, so I have to stop what I am doing and be there for my friend. And I believe we're able to shift and, not, and make the adjustment when there's several factors involved. Trust, right. number one. I trust you and that what we're going to talk about, I'm in a safe, a safe zone for, okay, I am going to follow your lead, follow your direction, and we're going to have a good time. So there, there's trust. There's that expectation. What am I expecting or what are you expecting from me and we have a relationship, like someone asked us uh, last night when we were out, okay, how long have you been knowing each other? So we have a, a built relationship of over 40 years that our expectations, we know what we expect from one another, and we know part of that expectation is reliability, you know. Can I rely on you to protect my show? Because your show is your integrity. Right. So I have to make sure that what comes out of my mouth is of quality for your show. And um, so I, I know that I can make the adjustment because I have value in my friend who's like a sister to me to know that this is your life work, like you have shared with me, that this show is you, one of the things that is your passion. So it's like, no, I I, I need to change focus to be there for you. Uh, Now, if it was something that my sister and I was doing that she just really needed me to help her finish and meet a deadline, then of course, I would have had to say, Grace, I can't make it today. Uh, Right. But this is... So I think that's what makes the difference in that that trust, uh, because I have another friend. That's why she and I can hang together, because there are things that happen like uh, like yesterday, Gretchen, when you called and say, "Hey, uh, right. want to go play pop punk golf?" And uh, you know, I was kind of feeling in a kind of little way, and that's well, I don't know. It's like, yeah, let's go do that. We can go to events because we realize that we get tickets at the last minute to go to things that we may have mm-hmm. to dress from a sundress to an evening dress. Uh, yeah. But we know we got that stash in the closet, or we can run down to our discount stores and buy them. You know, right? <laughs> right. So and a lot of it has to be, has to do with one established relationships, um, mm-hmm. when, when you talk about something like that, you talk about trust, you talk about established relationships, you talk about resources, for example, mm-hmm. uh, and how dependable 
your resources are. For example, mm-hmm. the ability to, to talk to Princess, or thank you, Princess, one moment and say, no, nah, I can't do that. And she understands that she, you know, can shift and then mm-hmm. about 15 minutes or so later say, uh, I think I want to go ahead and try to do this. Because just so everybody knows, if at all possible, I try to do a live show. Um, yeah. So because I think it's important that the show is, is relevant and fresh and, and everything, even if we're talking on lighthearted conversations. Um, you know, some things, yeah, are bear repeating. So, yeah, there's mm-hmm. sometimes that definitely if, if I think a show needs to be repeated, uh, that there's information that may have been missed. But for the most part, I try to do a live show. So that's important to me, and Princess knows that, you know that. Um, mm-hmm. so let's talk about, for example, other situations, can you, mm-hmm. whether or not you could switch. For example, I am driving. I have both hands on the wheel, y'all, <laughs> but I'm driving. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, with me talking and everything, how aware am I of the other things that are going on around me in terms of, you know, potential accidents, in terms of, you know, uh, in Florida, animals <laughs> running mm-hmm. in the road, you know, just, just different things. Um, can I make, you know, am I one of those people that has enough foresight to see down the road and to see what I need to do in advance? Um, is this, and if I can't see down the road and something happens, can I switch up quickly and, and not cause, you know, do I panic or do I go with the flow? Mm-hmm. So, what about you? I, I think that comes with experience. Uh, I'm reminded of the of the sermon my pastor gave yesterday, and he used mm-hmm. David and Goliath to talk about faith. But I'm going to use David and Goliath to talk about experience and how how to do what you just said, change. David originally did not go to his mission that day was not to get into a fight with Goliath. That is not what he did to do. He went to deliver uh, goods and items that his father sent him to give to his brothers and the commanding officers to make their experience on the battlefield a little less painful. And um, so... And the father told me, said, listen to what's going on and somebody can tell me what's happening out there, right? So David, as you talk about, we've got a lot of static going on. I don't know what's happening here. Yeah. I can okay, hear we're you better now. Going. We're okay. better now. Okay. David, as you were talking about driving down the road and all these things happen, David gets to this battlefield, and he realizes, you know, there's this guy talking this class about what he can do and how he's going to kill and how he has killed. And David makes a shift. David say, hold up. Because of his experience, he say, I can, you know what, y'all out here messing around with this big giant, you know, I can take him out. And, you know, they begin to say, hey, who are you, David? You know, you're a young man. You're, 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 you know, you don't have no experience in the battlefield. And David turns around, and he's able to shift from being a delivery boy to being the head warrior on the battlefield because of experience. 
And he tells them, hold up, I've had to snatch my sheep out of the mouth of a lion and whip the daylight once my sheep is safe. Now I got to whip the daylight out of this lion out of bed. <laughs> so don't tell me what I cannot do. I just got to take those same skills. So, again, experience and skill set allows us to be able to make the shift. So he shifts and uses that same slingshot and pick up some pebbles, and now he slays the giant. And that giant in our lives is when things like this happen, and we have to make the shift. And do we have enough experience in our bag? to make the shift and I think some people cannot make the shift because they may feel inadequate Uh, they have not had enough experience in shifting successfully that they deprive themselves of an opportunity had David not made the shift he may have never become king but he had been anointed to be king so it was going to happen okay but he mm-hmm. could have delayed his success. He could have delayed it had he not made the shift. And that does happen for people. We do delay our greatness because mm-hmm. we can't make those important shifts in life. You know, mm-hmm. and, and Princess was wonderful in what I just heard you say and that she said no and then didn't hold you to no but allowed you the space to make the shift and accommodate because that's the other part of it. When people make positive shifts in life, the Uh other person or other people around them have to also be willing to make the shift and accommodation because that's what happened to David. His brother and King Saul said, oh, you know what? Let me leave you alone and you go right on and do what you need to do, and take the Lord with you. So we have the princes made that adjustment and and blessed you and said, okay, we're going to go with the show and let it flow. And a mm-hmm. lot of times those, we not only must we make the shift, but we have to be in an environment that others shift with us. So very true, that, very true. that's a part, a part of it. And it, a lot of it has to do with what you were talking about in terms of uh, value, um, mm-hmm. you know, where where things fall on your value system. Um, it was important to you to help me, and I appreciate it. It was important enough that, that Princess knew that it was of value to me to go ahead and do the show live, mm-hmm. and, and so it, and it was of value for her to go ahead and make this happen. So a lot of it has to do with value. But we're going to take yeah. a quick break, and then when we come back, Something that you said made me think about something I was uh, actually thinking about recently in terms of our young people. So we're going to take a quick break. And if you want to join the conversation, you have something that you want to add uh, or a question or whatever, the number is 516-387-1944. G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. We'll be right back. Over the past 60 years, Dove Beauty Bar's superior formula has remained unchanged. But when it comes to beauty, everything changed. Together, we redefined beauty. We said no to stereotypes and yes to every type. We let go of judgments and embraced what makes us unique. We're proud to have been there with you. 
caring for you every step of the way. Here's to the next 60 years. Having a wedding, reception, family reunion, planning a banquet, or some other fundraising event. Need to share your knowledge through a workshop or seminar, or it's a difficult time and you need to plan a wake or repast. Let us help. At our gatherings, let us reduce the stress and make the occasion memorable, treasured. Call our gatherings at 407-968-9387 or email ourgatherings at yahoo.com. Let us help plan your special event. Good morning. Welcome back to G's Power Hour. I've never had it so good entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. I'm here with my friend Stephanie Dukes. And if you all want to join the conversation, we're keeping it kind of light and easy today because this is kind of, uh, even though it's not last minute, it was kind of last minute, but the number is 516-387-1944. Stephanie, you mentioned something about, uh, I guess, longevity in terms of having experience being prepared or whatever, but... The one thing that gets me uh, is that I don't think a lot of our young people are prepared to make shifts because we, as parents, we love them a lot, and a, but a, and a lot of us as parents, and I'm, I, you know, please forgive me for maybe misspeaking as I'm not one, but things that I've noticed and things I noticed in my own life, you're only able in a lot of cases to make uh, quick decisions because of being able to face adversity. In a lot of cases, we don't allow or parents aren't allowing their children to face adversity and make tough decisions early on, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I, I know there's certain things that, yes, there are certain decisions a child needs help with because, you know, they don't have enough experience and everything. But there are some circumstances where uh, a child needs to be able to, you know, face adversity. Mm-hmm. My husband and I have even talked about this sometimes in terms of nowadays when you play, when teams play a game, they want to say, well, you're all winners, and they want to recognize everybody. And, and you know, you're a winner for, first of all, getting up and trying. But in terms of, you know, the actual game, there's a definite winner and there's a definite loser, okay? Mm-hmm. And if mm-hmm. you don't know the the disappointment of losing, you don't learn, okay, how can I or how can we do better next time? So we're not in this situation, you know? Mm-hmm. We don't allow for self-reflection. We don't allow for correction or improvement in, all, in some cases. Uh, well, we don't. We encourage our children to do these things, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the things I thought about when you were talking about longevity. If you ne- But the problem is if you never face any type of adversity and learn how to deal with it, then you, you are kind of, I guess, in a way stuck. And I, I, I have heard my husband say this to me about uh, certain things I kind of, will, I I would say maybe obsess over, maybe that's not the correct term, but, you know, things that I grasp onto and I just really, you know, I'm having trouble figuring it out. And it's it's like, you know, you get, he's like, you get stuck. He says, you you know, you got to get stuck. And this is one of those things where they say, you know, in some cases you need to step away or walk away or take a break from a situation and then come back. So let's say, you know, you're in a situation where you, 
lose, um, you know, a game or you, you know, don't get the A if you're, um, you know, doing an assignment or whatever. Why do you, you have to go back and look at is it just the way it was supposed to happen or did you do something or not do something or could you have done something better in order to get a different outcome? You know, Lady G, that that's so good. Again, it goes back to your topic today, shifting. That mm-hmm. do I believe that there's a time and a place that we shift from everybody feeling like a winner to you have to look, you have you lose some, you win some. I think it's mm-hmm. important for youngsters as we are grooming our children and we must remember as parents that's what we are doing we are parenting teaching our children to grow when they are young yes I do believe that every child should feel like a winner because they need to know what that feels like they need to know what their self-esteem and self-image is because life will tear that up so much so we do have to build that. But then there is that time that we do make the shift that you and Reggie was talking about, that we then say, now, this is what life It's kind of like when you, you make the shift from uh, telling them a Santa Claus to they're realizing there is no Santa Claus, but what it's all about is the joy of giving. Mm-hmm. We now make the shift to there are winners and losers. And how do you become a grateful or a gracious loser or Mm -hmm. this round that I may have lost this battle, but it does not mean I may lose the war? Then as parents and teachers and coaches, we then make those shifts. And then that's what uh, sports is all about. Sports is a really good game to teach uh, teach our children how to gracefully win and lose. Now, I knew I could not play a team sport, okay, because okay. I would be mad with, and, and they would get mad with me when I, particularly I loved volleyball. And if I didn't I did set too. the ball right or um, something happened, and we lost the game, then everybody want to turn on me. So I quickly realized, no, this is this is not for me because that camaraderie was not really taught well of, okay, we have to continue to be a team, support one another, and let's win the next game. But eventually we did learn that. So I gravitated to tennis. Mm. Because I then knew that I may lose, but I lost on my own abilities and then did what you just said. I then had mm-hmm. to go to my coaches and say, what could I do better? And mm-hmm. not sit there and beat myself up. I hate it when I used to see Serena, you know, hitting the racket on the ground and hitting mm-hmm. herself. I'm like, no. Think about how to hit that ball a little different, a little thin, 
but do not let anger take over. You know, so those mm-hmm. are the things that we we make the shift. We make the shift, and you uh, know, we have this term for parents called helicopter mom, helicopter mm-hmm. dad. Those mm-hmm. are the ones you know, who want to make everything perfect for their child and allow them not to take bumps and bruises. Mm-hmm. You know, and want to see them all the way through. And I love the way when my niece went off to college who I uh, assisted with co-parenting, they had a wonderful orientation where they explained all the different parents' personalities. And they say, now, parents, you don't need to call them for a week. When you need to call someone, call this number. But allow your child to get some bumps and bruises and scratches. You know, something else I thought about, too, while you were talking and we were having this discussion about shifting was mm-hmm. um, I, when I go to the gym, there's the, some of the elliptical machines are in the theater room, and I like to go in there. It's, it's a little more mm-hmm. quiet, and, um, uh, and, you know, I, 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 I like to – I like movies, so – but recently they had on Men in Black, and mm. there's a scene in there. This conversation made me think of about shifting when Will Smith, the unlikely candidate, um, goes into this room with the head with the the top in in their graduating class or whatever from the from the military, all of the branches of the military. And they ask them different questions, and they can recite the questions or they can regurgitate the answers, and he kind of laughs and stuff like that. And then then they're given this written test. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen it or remember the movie, and other people might know what I'm talking about. But so when they get this written test, they're all sitting in these awkward egg-shaped type of seats, and Mm -hmm. they're given a pencil or whatever, and this long – um, le- kind of legal size, maybe even larger paper to complete this this test with, and they're all kind of contorting themselves in different ways in this chair, uh, or you know, trying to do the test on their lap, and the the paper flopping over, or um, other stuff is happening where they're having trouble doing the answers. And in this room, because it's a pretty much sterile room with these guys and these these um, awkward chairs, there's a coffee table, one single coffee table. And so Will Smith's character, you know, he struggles for a while, He and he breaks his pencil and everything, and then at one point he get, decides, I'm not struggling this, with this anymore. He gets up and loudly, because he doesn't pick it up, he just slides it across the room slides the coffee table over, and then starts to finish his test. Mm-hmm. <laughs> paper. Mm-hmm. And they all look at him very strange, like, you know, uh, and you don't know if they're saying, why did you, you know, do that? That's not your table, you know, or, or if they said, I wish I'd have thought about that. You know? Exactly. But he made a shift. He made a decision um, that mm-hmm. was going to serve be in his best interest, which no one else is making, but 
you you can't say and it reminds me also of <laughs> I'm sorry. My husband and I laugh about this. At the gas station. Mm-hmm. Now I gas up at Sam's most of the time and there's usually a long line. But the, we went to the gas station one time and there was this one pump that was open and no one mm-hmm. else was going to that pump. And I looked to mm-hmm. see if it was broken and it wasn't broken. And so there was a gap in between the lines and I went in between that gap and went to that pump mm-hmm. because it was one of the pumps that was on the passenger side of the car. Now, most people have mm-hmm. their um, gas tanks on the driver's side. Mine is on mm-hmm. the passenger side, and this pump mm-hmm. would allow me to pull it right where the passenger side. What I mean, am I supposed to sit there and just be a robot and let this pump just sit there freely with nobody? Mm-hmm. And I, I sat there for mm-hmm. I went through, do you know another woman got out of her car because Reggie was pumping, and she got out of her car because I was in the driver's seat, and she came to my window, and she is blessing me out, (laughs) okay? But I made a decision. I made the shift because everybody else was waiting in line. Because everybody else was waiting in line, and I guess I should have waited in line just like everybody else, but I pulled I, I went in between two cars, pulled around, pulled my car in this vacant spot where there was no line, and let him start pumping my gas. And what was your response to her? I didn't say anything to her. Like I said, my window was okay. rolled up. I was doing Sudoku on my phone while my husband was pumping gas. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? So, that is a very hard for people to do. You know, you have to... I've had to learn your situation. Yeah. You you assessed it, you investigated it, and you found it would work for you and you took advantage of this. I mean, you made the situation work for you. And this lady's problem probably was the fact that she was upset that she did not assess the situation and step outside. Just like she stepped outside of her car to confront you, she should have stepped outside mm-hmm. of her car and did exactly what you did. Check the pump. And so, she should have been watching so you check the pump. Yeah. And then so afterwards, all of a sudden, there's a line behind me <laughs> waiting for the pump. It's just, you know, I mean, right. so, yeah, I mean, and a lot of it has to do, like you said, with having experience and, and you know, being able to recognize and assess certain situations. You know. Exactly. And I wasn't trying, now, look how I many people you taught that day. How many people got over into the line? You inspired so many people that day. You changed her life and a, and a lot of others' life that day. I bet you from now on, they check pumps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the fact that uh, we, we've decided that we kind of always want to get – get a car with the tank on the passenger side. So anyway. Mm-hmm. We're That's gonna... smart. I never thought about that one. See, you just taught me something. That's one of the things I never think about. That's an afterthought that, like, when the first gallon tank of gas I've used in a new car, I said, now what side is it on? Yeah, well, 
the thing about, I mean, we hadn't really thought about it before and until then, and, uh, you know, it just so happens, like, in the pump, and in the pump, to get the tank on the other side, like, and we see other people that are pulling the thing on the, onto the other side, which I don't like to do, because I'm always worried about messing up the car, but, you know, I mean, you just have, if that's what you have to do, that's what you have to do, you know. Mm-hmm. But anyway, when we, we're going to take another break, when we come back, I'm going to talk about something that's frivolous, but I don't care. Um, but if you want to join the conversation <laughs> or you have something that you want to talk about, the number is 516-387-1944. G's Power Hour. I never had it so good entertainment. We'll be right back. Does it appear the long arm of the law is working against you instead of for you? Whom do you call when the boys in blue are pursuing you? When the wrong person behind bars may end up being you? With over 40 years combined legal expertise, Anderson and Welch bring to bear a smart, sound, sensible defense of those caught in what may be the unrelenting grip of the legal system. Turn to Anderson and Welch first to get ahead of trouble, not fall into it, by calling 561-832-3386. That's 561-832-3386. That's Anderson and Welch Law Firm online at andersonandwelch.com. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today here with my friend Stephanie Dukes. And the number, if you want to join the conversation, is 516-387-1944. So, Steph, you know where I'm going, right? Yes, I do. So, (laughs) So, I I, I was like, wow. Okay, so every now and then, and you all know this, I go to um, nationaldaycalendar.com or whatever and look at things. And they had something that really intrigued me called National Dress Day. Today is National Dress Day. And, you know, I'm I'm a little nutty, but that's fine. Um, I guess the reason that I – I like dresses personally. I really, really do. Um, I I wear pants a lot because of certain situations, but my preference is a dress. Um, and I got to thinking about National Dress Day more and more because I was like, I wish more people, women, women, I wish more women wore dresses, you know, I think, to me, a dress reflects a person's personality, you know, mm-hmm. and and also a mood, which in, in a way that I don't think pants can. I don't think pants are as versatile in that particular way. Um, you know, I think pants are good. They are a good substitute for, let's say, if you have to be a little bit more active and, you know, you want to look good, and it's good for being able to be good-looking and functional. I guess mm-hmm. that's the way I look at pants. Um, but a dress, there's so many different things that you consider when wearing a dress. Um, and I, number one, I know it forces you to be a little bit more feminine, a little bit more ladylike in terms of how you sit and how you stand, and how it fits. 
and and all types of, and what the occasion is, all types of stuff. Um, so my thing, like I said, with the dress is I I do like the versatility of the dress, especially when it comes to mood and weather. And, and all types of stuff. Do I wear a long dress or a short dress? Do I wear something floral? Do I wear something with chiffon? Or am I going to wear something with a little bit more tweed in it or something like that? Um, and, you know, what type of waist dress should I wear or can I wear? I just think that, to me, dresses are, are more fun. And dresses and heels, I to get a oh, personal stylist on. I'm sorry, you're there? Go ahead, Lady G. Oh, no, no, good. You're there. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, we thought we lost you for a moment, so I just started talking because we went into a silent space. And I was oh, I've about... been talking the whole time. Oh. <laughs> and I did not <laughs> okay. know. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so what were you saying? So I was talking about the fact that the national, how National Dress Day started and with the idea of, you know, thinking, wanting to remember those fond memories of dressing like a princess, prom day, uh, the very first date, like you said, in heels, because we know mm-hmm. guys love heels. But mm-hmm. I went to the site, and uh, I went to the site, nationaldressday.com, Mm-hmm. And it says dresses because no great story ever started with jeans. And I had to laugh. I said, well, mm-hmm. that what depends upon who you're talking to. The young ladies now have a very attractive bike size. I think it would be the politically correct way of saying that. That uh, that captures the men's eyes now when back in our day, our legs, the dresses we wore, uh, the neckline, those are the things that captured the young men's attention. Like you say, heels, walking in the room with your heels on and your dress and your waistline. And now, mm-hmm. though, waistlines are not the thing because women have learned to embrace their shape. I don't have to be... 32, 24, 36. I don't have to be a Coke bottle to be fabulous. You can't be the apple of a man's eye. So mm-hmm. that's kind of gone away, and I think the National Dress Day does what you were saying. It brings back and captures those moments when dresses was the thing, when dresses did define your, the feminine side of you. And the designers now does some wonderful things with pantsuits and heels with your uh-huh. uh, pants. And like I say, nowadays the women have some nice bike sides. You know, it's like, hey, girl, you walk in them pants. You know, yeah, I'm not there. I'm, 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 I'm really, I guess, a little old fashioned about this because I like mm-hmm. the mystique that a certain style dress has, for example, you don't, you know, with a dress, depending on how it's cut, you don't really know what my backside looks like. 
So I have mm-hmm. to invite you in for mm-hmm. you to know actually what my backside looks like. You know, uh, and you know, like my mom used to say, everything don't have to be so it. tight, huh? Exactly, yeah. and that's the, yeah. that's what the dresses did in the day. It gave mm-hmm. it left something to the imagination. Exactly, you know, you know, it gave that guy a reason to want to take you out again and again because he mm-hmm. couldn't see it all at one take, and he couldn't exactly. see it all without even taking you out. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, so that's yes, one of those things exactly like they. Right. Be, Used to talk about um, getting the milk without buying a cow type mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. You know, don't you know the dress says, "Hmm, don't you want to you know maybe take me out to coffee at least, or, or if not dinner or something, to you know see what kind of substance there is more than just what's under the dress." You know, the dress kind of piques the curiosity to me. But I don't know. I just I just feel like. Like I said, for me, there's, you know, um, it kind of fits. If I'm, you know, and and it you, it changes with the seasons, too. It gives an indication. When you see people probably out there with flowing chiffon dresses and stuff like that, yeah. I mean, even yeah. if you don't, if you're not out there with them and you see a picture, you're thinking it's probably spring, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. It, so, it, it, and, and if you're seeing me, let's say, in a, in a coat dress or suit or whatever you know it's probably either fall or or winter it's something that is uh you know definitely uh you you can just look and get and assess and make your own opinions i like i said i'm me personally i love dresses i love Mm -hmm. long dresses i love short dresses and you've probably seen me in a variety of different ones it it just depends on how i'm feeling um and you know whether and whether or not I want your attention, or maybe I don't want your attention, you know, <laughs> and you know the wonderful thing I love that it has another quote here on the site. It says, "Dresses mm-hmm. aren't going to change the world. The women who wear them will mm-hmm. and i what I think about that statement is so powerful because it says that we can still be." Very soft and feminine, but mm-hmm. yet so powerful with yeah. what we talked about earlier because we are women who know how to shift. We are women who have experience. We are women with vision, but we still can look soft. We still can show our feminine soft. But the biggest mistake a man will ever make is to take mm-hmm. our femininity, softness, to be weak. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that, exactly. That, that's probably what a woman, as a woman, we're able to do when we actually put on our makeup and put on those nice uh Even when we walk into a business room and we wear a certain skirt suit. Mm-hmm. And the exactly. way we walk into the room with the accessories in it, we're able to command that room. Mm-hmm. And have that element of surprise when they attempt mm-hmm. to think she's soft or yeah. attempt to think she's a pushover. Mm-hmm. And when we open our mouth and we show respect and command respect mm-hmm. in that room and can handle and operate and move about those boardrooms 
with the best of them mm-hmm. and be even better, that softness is even more celebrated. Think about, I'm thinking about Michelle Obama. When mm-hmm. every time she, oh, I loved her collection of clothes because mm-hmm. each one one. Even our vice president, I watch what she wears. She mm-hmm. is a master in how color will influence a room, influence an audience. That color carries a message. So mm-hmm. I pay particular attention. And Michelle, uh, our first lady, our former first lady, Michelle Obama, was the same way. Certain mm-hmm. events, she wore certain colors, and mm-hmm. her style of dress did a certain command because she knew she was playing off her husband. She was the mm-hmm. set up. You hear me? She was the yep. set up. So if you yep. didn't watch what you were doing, Michelle would have you mesmerized. And you don't agree to everything your husband wanted <laughs> and don't know you just gave away the farm. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it, it, it just, it does. It, I like the fact, I like, for example, I, and I could be wrong, but I think I get more, I guess, courtesy, I guess, from someone wanting to open the door or pull out a mm-hmm. seat for me mm-hmm. if I'm in a dress. You know, then I then if I'm just wearing a pantsuit, recognize my femininity, and no matter what I wear, if I'm wearing a dress or if I'm wearing a full, full powerful pantsuit, mm-hmm. I as a woman mm-hmm. should walk in a grace and a style that still Mm -hmm. says this, that I am a woman and I am a woman who, if you are true man, Mm -hmm. you will treat me with all those courtesies and respect whether I have a dress on or a pantsuit because I carry myself in Mm -hmm. such a way. I could have on shorts Mm -hmm. and I carry myself in such a way that you will hold a door for me. You would even tilt your head. Because mm-hmm. I love those guys that when they open the door, they, they you know, they tilt their head to you and right. they say, yes, ma'am, hello, ma'am. You mm-hmm. know, who have that yeah. full style training on the mm-hmm. correct way of opening and, and receiving a woman. But it's, it's mm-hmm. how we carry ourselves, not only what we wear, but how mm-hmm. you walk. It's, it's, it's like the poem, the poem, Phenomenal Woman. I don't shake right. my head. I'm not going to bow my head, walk with my head bowed down. It's, a, it's, it's, what, it's, it's, it's just like the thing said. It's the dress that's going to change. It's the woman who wears it and how we wear it. Because you can wear some, some women can wear some dresses and walk so slutty. That yes. nobody's going to open no door. They're trying to open a bedroom or a bike door or pull them in an alley or on the back seat of their cars mm-hmm. because they dress so slutty and they walking so slutty. Mm. And that is not what any woman, no woman on earth, want any woman or man to ever disrespect her in such a way. Yeah. Never do we want that. And that's what our parents, in the way they raised us to dress conservative, 
Gretchen, when we mm-hmm. talked about you know having that um that that feeling of I, I'm going to be a winner. Everybody wants to be a winner. That's what mm-hmm. our parents did when they dressed us conservatives. They taught yep. us to win at that point. But there was that shift when we went to college that we had to learn when was conservative appropriate and when was um, when I wanted to play cat and mouse mm-hmm. with what I wear. Okay, we had yeah. to learn then that there was a shift that, you know, covering everything up from my head to my toe was not quite the full experience I wanted to experience in my college days if I wanted to leave <laughs> there with that MRS degree, you know? <laughs> yeah, but see, that's the thing, and I guess I was a little bit different about that because my thing was, you know, because I, I had relatives that was like, you know, Go to college, you can find yourself a nice doctor, a lawyer. I'm like, and I have an issue with that to this day because it's like, no, I don't want to go find a nice doctor and lawyer. I want to go be a nice doctor and lawyer. I can, you know, I don't need to go to college for that. You know, I just let me be and you know, the best me I can be, you know, and, and then, and then the right man will come along. When, do you remember when Jesse Jackson came to the University of South Florida? Mm-hmm. I remember Jesse having a meeting with the leaders on the campus, and they brought in the leaders from the community college. Mm-hmm. And Jesse said this to us in that room. He said, look around this room. And in this room, you want to find your spouse. You want to find your mate. That was a powerful statement. And I looked around mm-hmm. the room, Gretchen. And to this day, I do remember the people that was in the majority of the people, not all of them, but mm-hmm. I remember the majority of them in there. And I remember a lot of them did pick their mates by the time they left college out of there. And mm-hmm. I remember me looking around, and I didn't see my mate in the room. Okay, I didn't see anyone I wanted to mate up with. But this is what I did learn. That statement that you just said, mm-hmm. again, parents not teaching us the whole, telling us the whole story. Mm-hmm. Yes, we we should find what Jesse was saying was find your mate early in life so mm-hmm. that you can build on from there, have your children while you are young so that you can accomplish the American dream together as a force because life is going to proceed, give you those win-loss moments. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be so much easier to go through together. So when our family told us to find the doctor, the lawyer, yes, the other part of the sentence should have been, you, if you want to be a doctor or a lawyer, go and find your equal yoke. You want to be a doctor or a lawyer, find you a doctor or a lawyer. But find someone equally yoked. But make that a part of your mission. Now, I told this story to someone. I told them, I said, Gretchen was in the room. I said, Gretchen and I, neither one of us married anybody in that room. No, we didn't. But we, you and I had that attitude that you just said then. I've got to take care of myself. I'm going to be. And we missed Jesse's point. And, and, and again, the, the people in the room just just didn't. 
you know we what? did not have that other equal chemistry in the room with anyone else. Well, that, and that may be, that's the thing, Stephanie. It may not have been that we didn't get the point. It just may have been that that person wasn't there for us. Yeah, he yes. wasn't there. That person was not in the room for us. Yeah, yeah. And and yes. you know, because I truly believe the husband that I have now is mm-hmm. the husband I was supposed to have at the time that I was supposed exactly. to have him. Because I was I may not have been prepared. Mm-hmm. I may not have been prepared to be anybody's wife at that point. Right. Right. You know. Um so, you know, I, I mean I truly when my husband and I finally you know, discovered each other in terms of being mate because we had known each other for a while and not had gone there in our brains in terms of that's my mate. We didn't, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But when it happened, I, we both believed that God was in the mix with it. Mm-hmm. You know, the, God's the glue <laughs> in our relationship. Mm-hmm. It, it, right. it just, it wouldn't have worked any other way. Um, right. And I, I truly believe that that is where some, not all, but some uh, uh, matches get get you know mismatched you know and, mm-hmm. and we end up with with uh divorces and and all that kind of stuff is that if god is not if you are well you have to have let's just say you have to have some um commonality that is the core of of what you believe together as a unit i mean mm-hmm. my husband is definitely not the person that i thought i would end up marrying by any stretch mm-hmm. of the imagination. But when I made the decision, I made the decision because I, I believed that this was the person that God wanted me to have in my life. And as we've been exactly. together, I've been able to discover the reasons why God has put my husband in my life. Mm-hmm. Okay. So sometimes it's not what someone else advises, and sometimes it's not what we think it is based on the criteria because we all got the criteria. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it may not mm-hmm. be based on the criteria. It's just based on um, you know what God has you know designed for us, and we have to be made ready for it. Mm-hmm. And when I thought you I know, was ready to be married, I wasn't. I, I probably really, really wasn't. And He saved me from myself. Exactly. And that is the key for those of us who, who, who believe in God as our higher power. That is the key, that Jesse gave the information and anyone who gives us information, the next thing we are supposed to do is seek God's guidance with it, with mm-hmm. what to do with it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the person may not have been in that room, but what Jesse was mm-hmm. saying, you need to look for someone equally yoked. Mm-hmm. But I remember when Jesse said it, I strictly remember what I said to God. I said, God, help me be able to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I do remember saying that in that room. Mm. And, you know, it's just amazing how those memories stay with you of those moments like that. Yeah. But that is the, the, the thing is shift again. We got to learn to make make the shifts. How how to mm-hmm. turn on a moment's notice? How to mm-hmm. then take the moments like that to make moments like what we have now? 
the most important mm-hmm. thing that happened in that room tonight that day i was i think it was a night when Jesse came to town was to know who had been identified as leaders in that room and those, the nourishment that occurred from all of us supporting one another has led to great leaders. I was looking at something and it said, you know, a lot of African-American leaders came through the University of South Florida. Mm. A lot of a lot of us went on to do great things uh, in mm-hmm. our communities, and that mm-hmm. is what Jesse was coming out. Get someone who can do that. For some of it, it meant he said spouses, but some of us it's been friendships like yours and mine, mm-hmm. and being able to shift on a dime. Yeah. Yeah. I still say you you can be a leader and wear a really nice dress though. <laughs> That's a girl. Hey, I'm looking at some of these dresses they have on the site, and I'm hey, like, I, mm. <laughs> well, I'm looking at a Talbot's catalog that I got. In the mail. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, I'm I'm, I'm dog earing with a lot of those pages, a few of those pages. So, but anyway. Yeah. I'm going to have to get me a a, a date night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you don't have to get a date night. No, hmm. that's not how that's not how you work it. You wear hmm. the dress and 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 that's and then you get the date. That's how you get the date night. Oh, okay. You don't have to have a dress for a date night. You wear the dress and then you get the date night. Okay. All right. Got That's it. lesson number one for me. Thank you. Hey, we know why I'm still single, <laughs> don't we? <laughs> oh, thanks, Steph. And thank you all for being You're with welcome. us. We got to go. You, this is <laughs> anytime. This has been G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Be well, be safe, be blessed. Talk tomorrow, God willing. And please remember, all real power comes from God. Take care. <laughs>